This week on Viewpoints. There were 25 of their planes that went up that day. 13 got shot down. 12 came back. And the survivors that came back told horrifying stories of how many hundreds of German fighters swarming around them. The on and off screen life of the late actor Jimmy Stewart. Then... Most of my diet is vegetables, but I do eat some fish. And one of the reasons I eat fish is because fish is actually a pretty good carbon deal. Crafting a diet for a better climate. I'm Marty Peterson. And I'm Gary Price. These stories in-depth this week on your public affairs magazine, Viewpoints. Hey, everybody. Jay Farner here, CEO of Rocket Mortgage and Rocket Companies. Last year, we saw historically low mortgage interest rates. In fact, over 1 million homeowners took advantage of refinancing or buying a new home with Rocket Mortgage. What you may not know is that interest rates are already starting to increase again. And it's likely that trend is only going to continue. Our team of experts is standing by to help you save before rates go up. With an official mortgage review from Rocket Mortgage, you'll see just how much money you could save by making a move right now. Don't look back over these next few weeks and wish that you had taken action. You could save hundreds on your mortgage payments or pay off your home loan earlier than planned. You could even take cash out of your home to pay off high-interest debt, complete home repairs, or bulk up on an emergency fund. When you want to secure a low rate, Rocket can. Call 833-8-ROCKET or visit rocketmortgage.com. Rocket. Call for cost information and conditions equal housing lender licensed in all 50 states and MLSConsumerAccess.org number 3030. The film It's a Wonderful Life was released almost 75 years ago, yet it's still a classic that's cherished by millions today. It features the actor Jimmy Stewart that was beloved by audiences around the world. And what's not to like? He's the troubled but dedicated family man in that film. In Mr. Smith Goes to Washington, he played the naive but idealistic U.S. Senator, Mr. Smith. He was also Dr. Ben McKenna in the Alfred Hitchcock thriller, The Man Who Knew Too Much. Throughout his career, he starred in many prominent roles. However, writer Robert Matson found a different side to Stewart while researching his new book, Mission, Jimmy Stewart and the Fight for Europe. He says that the actor was a passionate pilot and military man whose family dedication to the army and country could be traced back generations. Jim came from a long line of soldiers that went all the way back to the American Revolution. Both of his grandfathers served in U.S. Civil War. One, his maternal grandfather, was a general in the Union Army and a hero of the second day's battle at Gettysburg. If your history buffs out there know the wheat field and the valley of death, that's where he was. Jim's other grandfather was a sergeant in the Signal Corps and served in the Shenandoah Valley under Phil Sheridan and was under Custer. Jim's paternal grandfather, who lived into the 1930s, was at Appomattox. He was at several battles, including Newmarket, but he was at Appomattox, and Jim could learn about what war was really like on the knee of his grandfather, the elder J.M. Stewart. Before he became a soldier, Matson says that Stewart attended Princeton University and found his way to acting in plays there and on Broadway. 
It's hard to believe today, but when a talent scout brought him to MGM in Hollywood, filmmakers really didn't know what to do with him. They just know they had this really charming, talented guy, certainly not a leading man because he was six foot four and weighed 140 pounds. He was a ridiculous looking specimen. His nickname at school had been Slats because he was so tall and thin. He was in a starring picture with Eleanor Powell called Born to Dance in 1936, and that's really where he got his big break where he was seen, yeah, maybe he could be a leading man, because just look how charming he is. He can even dance, he can sing if you force him to. But it was more like in the later 30s with Vivacious Lady with Ginger Rogers, and then You Can't Take It With You was his first Capra picture, and it was a hit. But Mr. Smith Goes to Washington in 1939 with his second Capra picture was the big one. You know, that was the one that put him on the map. He should have won the Academy Award. He didn't. But that cemented his reputation as one of the most popular leading men in Hollywood. When World War II broke out, Stewart wanted to be a part of the action. He received a deferment for being underweight. And despite his efforts to bulk up, he couldn't make the grade. Stewart, who was a civilian pilot, finally managed to get into the Army Air Corps, but was stuck stateside making recruiting films and training pilots who went overseas. Matson says that a sympathetic staff officer finally gave him a combat assignment, and Stewart was in. I still don't quite understand how he pulled this off, because the War Department did not want him overseas. But he managed to get a combat assignment, and if you will, fly under the radar, and go to Sioux City. And it was there that he became a squadron commander on this bomb group, the 445th, that was training to go overseas, just training, training, training. He slid in there, he established himself, and all of a sudden, that bomb group was assigned to England, and off he went. In England, Stewart flew a B-24 plane called the Liberator, which, according to Matson, was a piece of machinery that was as dangerous as the bombs the pilots were dropping into enemy territory. It was known for its fuel leaks, and Liberators would just blow up. And without a trace, one of the planes in his group, one of his pilots, Earl Metcalf, took off one morning on a mission, disappeared, was never found, and it was determined that his plane probably blew up as it was ascending into formation. These were just big crates. I've flown in B-24s, and it's like riding in the back of a Mack truck over a bumpy road. That's what it was like. Unpressurized cabins at 20,000 feet in European winter, 30 below zero, 40 below zero. If your heated flying suit failed, you would go unconscious. If your oxygen supply got cut off, you would go unconscious. It was a very rough enterprise that he was in the middle of. Matson says that Stewart flew his missions as best he could, but the combat took its toll on the actor. He flew 20, and he flew about a dozen just in the first few months that he was there, and then he cracked up, as so many of them did, just because the stress was enormous. And then he didn't fly as much, but he did complete his 20 missions, and they were serious missions. There were very few what they would call milk runs, where you would just go over, drop your bombs without any fighters or flak, and come back. One assignment, called Operation Argument, was designed to bomb the German aircraft operations to cripple Hitler's Luftwaffe for good. So they undertook this one-week bombing campaign in February 1944 to hit all these targets, and it turned out to be a bloodbath. Jim flew the first mission of Big Week. They called it Big Week because it was a big week in the Allied effort. He flew the first mission. That was okay. The second mission he did not fly was to the German city of Gotha. 
and it wrecked the 445th Bomb Group. There were 25 of their planes that went up that day. 13 got shot down. 12 came back. And the survivors that came back told horrifying stories of how many hundreds of German fighters swarming around them. It was the most vicious air battle he could have ever even imagined hearing of. And he was in all the debriefings, so he heard about it. And guess what? He had to lead the mission the next day to go back to the same target. And that was the mission that proved to be just one too many. Matson says that it was a miracle that Stewart returned from that mission in one piece. What affected the actor more than flying those dangerous missions was losing men under his command. The best I can tell you is that was what really put him over the edge. The stress of making all the right decisions for a perfectionist like Jim was, was just overwhelming, unbearable. You have 25 crews behind you on some missions, 100 crews behind you on other missions, and you can't bring everybody home alive under the kind of conditions they were under, whether planes blew up themselves before they got over the target, or whether it was flak, or whether it was fighters. He internalized every man, every crew that he lost out of his squadron or out of his formation. When he lost flyers, he would write the letters home, you know, dear mom, dear dad, I want you to know that your son was lost over the target. I mean, he wrote those letters. He took that on himself. I mean, it was just, it all just added and added to him. And pretty soon he looked, he had aged years. There's a picture in the book, a before and an after of him in 1942 and him in 1944. And you wouldn't believe it. He looked like his own father after a couple of years. After the war, Stewart came home a different man. Matson says that he was haunted by nightmares of his time as a bomber pilot seeing all of the death and destruction around him. He used it, though, as a motivation for some of his most famous characters in the films he made after the war. When he came back from the war, he had this edge. He had this dark side. When he got married, his wife said, boy, does this guy have a temper. He has a blinding temper that'll come out of nowhere. And he didn't have that before the war. So he would channel it. He would look for roles that were challenging to him and he would channel it that way. And the first time you see it is in It's a Wonderful Life. You know, he's at the end of his rope, the money's missing. He screams on the telephone at his kid's teacher, and then he breaks up his living room, he throws things, he terrifies his family, and that's him letting out that rage and doing it safely and doing it, you know, as part of the job. If you look at his roles, you know, there are a lot of those outbursts. The man who shot Liberty Valance, he has one, a couple. Winchester 73, he has some. The Naked Spur, you know, these pictures where he played these characters with a dark side. There are plenty of Hollywood stories about Jimmy Stewart and his colleagues in the book, as well as stories about the missions the actor ran over Europe as a fighter pilot and the camaraderie and bravery of the men who fought there. What does Matson want readers to come away with after reading his book? I would like readers to understand what these young guys did. And it's not just Jim. If you read the book, you see how much attention I give to the men that were under his command that he flew with every day. And they were heroes. And that's what he said. I'm not a hero. Those guys, those are the heroes. And I would like people to just stop and think about not the Hollywood version of what that war was like, but what the real flesh and blood version of that war was and, and what men sacrificed for and what they gave up. They gave up their lives. And Jim gave up his youth. And there are millions of stories like that, and that's what I would like people to remember. You can read all about those brave men who fought alongside actor Jimmy Stewart during his World War II service in the Army Air Corps in Robert Matson's book, Mission, 
Jimmy Stewart and the Fight for Europe, available now. This segment originally aired in November of 2016 and was written and produced by Pat Reuter. For more information about all of our guests and to find a full archive of past stories, visit our site at viewpointsradio.org. For more behind-the-scenes, search Viewpoints Radio on Twitter and Facebook. I'm Gary Price. Coming up, one diet that's here to stay, the low-carbon diet, when Viewpoints returns. Welcome to today's Book Minute, brought to you by Booktrib.com, the leading source for book news and reviews. Lung cancer, the mere words strike fear in all of us. Fear of the diagnosis, the treatment, and the ultimate prognosis. Where is the hope? It can be found in The Living Room by Bonnie Adario, a 17-year survivor of stage 3B cancer. A determined activist, Bonnie has built an extraordinary global network of fellow activists, patients, doctors, oncologists, researchers, and caregivers that advocate and educate on behalf of those affected by the disease. The Living Room, also a virtual support group in Bonnie's go-to foundation for lung cancer, tells the stories of 20 lung cancer patients who have bravely fought the disease and found ways to thrive, not just survive. The people you meet will lead you to believe that miracles are all around us and that they just might happen to the next cancer patient who picks up this book. The Living Room by Bonnie Adario, available now in bookstores everywhere. If you drive a car, truck, SUV, or vehicle of any kind, you need GetUpside, the free gas app that pays you cash back for every gallon of gas you buy. That's right. With the free GetUpside gas app, you can get up to 25 cents a gallon cash back every time you buy gas. Nearly 3 million people have earned cash back with GetUpside just for buying gas. I always use GetUpside. Some months, I make 200 to $300. I love getting money back for things I use every day. It's just free money for buying gas. There's no catch. It's simple. And you get your cash back right away. Download the free GetUpside app now in the App Store or Google Play to save up to 25 cents per gallon when you buy gas. Use promo code DRIVE for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's up to 50 cents a gallon on your next fill up. You can cash out anytime to PayPal or any gift card for Amazon and other brands. Earn cash back on gas on every fill up. Just download the free GetUpside app and use promo code DRIVE for a 25 cent per gallon bonus on your first tank. That's code DRIVE. The pandemic has changed many people's diets, forcing Americans to cook more meals, eat out less, and consume less meat. These shifts in our diets, as well as our lifestyles, from less flying to driving, all added up to a better condition for our planet. Greenhouse gas emissions, a leading contributor to global warming, dropped by more than 10% last year in the U.S., according to the Rhodium Group, an independent research and analytics company. This shift was the single biggest drop in emissions in the post-World War II era, bringing us back to levels not seen since the 1990s. But it would be naive to say that these changes are here to stay. As more Americans are vaccinated and get back to driving and flying for both work and leisure, Greenhouse gas emissions will no doubt increase. Yet, people aren't powerless to sit back and watch. Small steps, from what we eat to our transportation habits, can help dampen the levels of greenhouse gases. We all are in this climate crisis, and 70% of Americans, regardless of political affiliation, 
would like to see some kind of action happen. So what could you do in your life, no matter where you are, to be better than you are right now? That's Paul Greenberg, a prominent food writer and the author of The Climate Diet, 50 Simple Ways to Trim Your Carbon Footprint. He says that one driving factor in global warming is meat production, and beef in particular is especially damaging. Cattle are currently the leading agricultural source of greenhouse gas emissions. In just one year, a single cow will release about 220 pounds of methane into the air, an extremely potent gas that's been shown to warm the atmosphere. So, instead of eating beef regularly, what are some other options that are better for the earth? Greenberg points to vegetables and fish. Overall, the average for carbon emissions for fish is something like 1.6 tons of emissions per ton of food produced. So if you look at beef, for example, that's like 27 tons of emissions per ton of food produced. So that's a pretty big difference. I should say another really good seafood out there is bivalves like clams, mussels, and oysters. And those can actually be lower in carbon emissions than, say, a lentil. If you're not a fish person, there are other choices. Developments in the taste and texture of plant-based meats have made it easier to switch out a beef burger for an impossible or beyond meat patty. However, Greenberg suggests taking it one step further by experimenting with a lentil patty instead. To recreate the mouthfeel of animals takes energy, and it's much more carbon efficient if you wanted to have a burger, for example, to make a black bean burger. Um, there's a great recipe by David Tannis from the New York Times that you can look up that tells you how to do that, but it's a lot more carbon efficient to do that than, say, an impossible burger. Now, an impossible burger or beyond burger, it's certainly less emissions intense, much, much less emissions intense than having beef, and so if you have to have that burger feel, okay, go ahead, have a beyond, have an impossible but I would rather people put a little extra effort into cooking than have something that's truly low-carb and that doesn't require this whole other infrastructure of building stuff out of plant-based products. Today, lentils are still viewed as a foreign ingredient to many Americans. Almost 90% of the lentil crop in the U.S. is exported to other countries, according to the U.S. Department of Agriculture. In Indian cuisine, lentils are a main component in curries, stews, and rice dishes. In Africa, lentils are eaten as a main dish or blended into soups to add protein and volume. What I like best about lentils, and they have about as many nutrients per kilo and as similarly low amounts of emissions as black beans and pinto beans and things like that. But what I really like about lentils is they're actually just quick to cook. You know, I'm the main cook in my family, and I have to get dinner on the table sometimes rather quickly. But red lentils will cook up in about half an hour. Brown lentils may be a little bit longer. So I think they're super multi-use, and they can be super tasty. You just have to be careful with your spices. Think about what you like your things to taste like. It's these small changes, like trying more lentils or a new type of fish, that add up over time. Greenberg says that if you still have a hankering for meat, choose chicken over beef. Did you know that the production of chicken creates less carbon emissions than cheese? Cheese turns out to be pretty emissions intense. You know, as you say, it's something like 27 kilos of, of CO2 emissions per kilo of beef eaten. 
cheese is something like 12 or 13 kilos of emissions, whereas chicken is like 6 to 7. So if you're choosing cheese over chicken for emissions reasons, you're not necessarily making the right choice. I can understand people for animal welfare reasons choosing cheese over chicken, but from emissions perspective, chicken is a super efficient way of making protein if you're getting protein from animals. So it's, I don't eat cheese, I don't eat milk anymore, and if I were going to venture into animal products, land animal products again, I would venture into chicken before I would to cheese or milk. Greenberg's own diet is mostly vegan, with a couple portions of fish each week to bulk up the protein and nutrients in his meals. He typically eats a lot of lentils and veggies and relies on his terrace garden in New York City for a supply of fresh greens. The leafy greens really can just cruise and generate a lot of stuff for you. The nice thing also about leafy greens is that you can trim them and that they come back again, so you can often get a second crop out of the same seed. They're also pretty low maintenance. You know, you pretty much sprinkle the seeds and then watch them go. And if you want, you can actually, I actually start my spring greens end of February inside and then move them outside. They're also super high on the nutrient density index, um, the Andy score, so dark Leafy greens, super, super high, super, super good for you. And frankly, you know, salad can be a pretty high carbon footprint thing, especially if it's being shipped to us across country. So being able to do it at home is a pretty good footprint trimmer. Anyone can start a small produce garden in their backyard, balcony, or in a community garden plot. The nearby fresh supply of produce is not only good for the earth, but for your wallet as well. And after you eat, Greenberg says, consider using a compost bin, which naturally decomposes food scraps into a fertilizer in an eco-friendly process. In 2017, the Environmental Protection Agency reported that food is the single largest category of material sent to landfills. Unlike with proper composting, the decaying food piled up in landfills emits methane into the air contributing to global warming. I think Americans avoid composting because we really should have more municipal composting programs where there is curbside pickup. I know that has started in the Bay Area, and we used to have it in New York pre-pandemic, but unfortunately they canceled it, hoping to get it back again. But as I say in the book, there are ways to compost. Um, You can actually do an interior home compost. There's a link in the book to an actually Japanese method of composting at home that's low smell, no smell actually. So it's totally possible to do. The Japanese way of composting is called the bokashi method and can compost all different types of food, including meat, dairy, and produce. It's a good option for people living in small spaces. There are also private companies in many cities that offer composting bin programs that will pick up buckets of scraps each week or month for a small fee. Between all these options, everyone can find some way to lessen their impact on the environment. For some people, this daunting list of improvements can also feel overwhelming, but it doesn't have to lead to an all-or-nothing mentality. To find out more about this topic and our guest, Paul Greenberg, head to viewpointsradio.org. Also, check out his book, The Climate Diet, 50 Simple Ways to Trim Your Carbon Footprint, available now. This segment was written and produced by Amira Zaveri. Studio production by Jason Dickey. I'm Marty Peterson. Viewpoints returns in just a moment. 
A new report from Mimecast shows that 79% of companies experienced a business disruption or financial loss last year due to a lack of cyber preparedness. The annual State of Email Security report by cyber resilience company Mimecast shows that a stunning 61% of companies were hit by ransomware last year, on average losing six working days. Even though 70% of organizations surveyed expect to be harmed by an email-borne attack this year, 40% still fall short in one or more critical areas of email security systems. According to Josh Douglas, Mimecast Vice President of Threat Intelligence. Companies know they're exposed, but are not committing to the technology and training required to protect their environment. These exposure points are inflamed by so many companies rapidly adopting digital office models, leaving employees untrained and unprotected in this highly distributed digital environment puts organizations at risk of digital deception. Download the full report and learn how companies can protect themselves at Mimecast.com. Welcome to Culture Crash, where we examine what's new and old in entertainment. For generations now, racial inequality has been at the forefront of the American conscience, and the recent surge of protests and calls for legislative action has led to a subsequent spike in people seeking out resources and stories that address the issues of race in America. Personally, I'm trying to make it a priority to seek out the works of Toni Morrison and James Baldwin, two titans of American literature. Morrison is most renowned for her novels Beloved and The Bluest Eye, while Baldwin's most renowned works include Go Tell It on the Mountain, Notes of a Native Son, and If Beale Street Could Talk, which Academy Award winner Barry Jenkins adapted into a film. In addition to the works of Barry Jenkins, there are a number of films that offer solid options for people looking to explore the topics of police brutality and racial inequality. Warner Brothers is offering its film Just Mercy for free across rental services throughout the month of June. Just Mercy is a real-life legal drama about a black man's journey to clear his name of a wrongful conviction. Viewers looking to delve into the topic of police shootings can seek out Blind Spotting, which is now streaming on HBO and on Hulu, or Fruitvale Station, which is available to rent. Additionally, Ava DuVernay's documentary 13th, which focuses on mass incarceration and racial injustice in America, is now streaming on Netflix. No one book can fully educate us on a topic as complex and historical as racial inequality in America, but each of them can help open our eyes to different facets of intolerance and inequity. So feel free to dive in and continue learning. I know I will be. I'm Evan Rook. With 24-7 customer service and guaranteed repairs, your progressive policy works the way it's supposed to. Unlike this stressful meditation guide. Take a deep breath. Focus on all the things you have to do. Did someone make the vet appointment yet? You don't know? That feels like something you should know. Switch to Progressive today. You are a mess. Progressive Casualty Insurance Company and Affiliates. Repairs through Progressive Network shops guaranteed for as long as you own or lease your car. If you're worried about your cholesterol, hear how others are taking charge with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula. My doctor said my cholesterol was borderline, so I've been taking Garlic. 
and it works. I take garlic every day to help maintain healthy cholesterol. No garlic breath. And garlic is a world leader in garlic potency, so you know it works. Take charge of your cholesterol with Garlic Healthy Cholesterol Formula. These statements have not been evaluated by the FDA. This product is not intended to diagnose, treat, cure, or prevent any disease. Use as directed. And that's Viewpoints for this week. Viewpoints is a production of MediaTrax Communications. Follow us on Twitter, Facebook, and Instagram to learn more about upcoming shows. And find a library of past programs on Apple Podcasts, Google Play, and Spotify. Plus, you'll always find previous segments and more information about our guests at viewpointsradio.org. Join us again next week for another edition of Viewpoints. For the ones who work hard to ensure their crew can always go the extra mile, and the ones who get in early so everyone can go home on time, there's Granger, offering professional-grade supplies backed by product experts so you can quickly and easily find what you need. Plus. You can count on access to a committed team ready to go the extra mile for you. Call, clickgranger.com, or just stop by. Granger, for the ones who get it done.